It's Friday, October 1st, 2021, and it's a relevant podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, dude, it's crisp, it's fall, spectacular. it's October, right. Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. It does feel fantastic out. The PSLs, the Ugg boots, the, the flannels, it's full effect here, everyone. What's and the I'm PSL? Pumpkin Spice, Spice Latte. Latte. Oh, I didn't know that either. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, uh, mogul, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. Uh, and from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, the original mogul, Derek Miner. What up, dog? How, how is it? Is it fall? Is it fall there yet, Derek? Are you seeing the UGG boots around? Are you seeing the, the flannels? Dang, where I live at, it ain't a lot of UGG boots that's going to be produced out here. So, I mean, I probably, I, you know, I, I didn't really see them until I started, like, rapping at youth groups and stuff. So, um, but, uh, listen, I'm going I'm to keep it real. Uh-huh. Spring and fall in Tennessee, in my opinion, are unmatched. Mm. That's just yeah. I feel like I feel like spring and fall in Nashville is unmatched. So I love this time of year. I love spring and I love fall for sure. We have like one week of fall and one week of spring in Austin, and then it's uh, just hot. Yeah, see, Ooh. we get all four seasons. That's why I love I love Middle Tennessee. We get everything. We're gonna get a little snow. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of humidity. You know, what I'm saying, <laughs> but we gonna get you the do, trees changing and all of that. That's right. Get all yeah, four of them. I'm starting I feel really fallish because you know football always makes me feel you know when you turn on college game day on Saturday morning it feels like oh fall's here like this is good Mm -hmm. and I coached my first football game which did not go great everyone did not go great Jesse I've been waiting for an update (laughs) (laughs) man you who have never played football organized (laughs) football That's decided right. to step up Prolific. and coach and teach. Prolific fantasy fit pl- football player. <laughs> you, you, you decided to step up and teach the next generation the, the fundamentals of the game, a That's game right. which you have never played. And so how did I, it go? How was your well, first game? Listen, in person, I, I Madden, dude, the, the the like Madden 02, the one with Vic on the cover, I think yeah. it was 05. I shredded that game. Okay. So let's just back up with never played. I've played it's just in video games. <laughs> so let's let's and fantasy, I'm I, I'm I'm in like five leagues. So let's just let's put a pin on never played. But I I show up to the field. It's eight year old, and this this league is like put on by the NFL. So the kids got really dope looking uniforms or like NFL stuff. There's like 900 kids in this league. It's huge. Like, oh and, and I'm thinking like, hey, this is going to be a pretty laid back operation. We're, we're dealing with like eight-year-olds here. Okay. Like this isn't, you know, it's not like Nick Saban's on the sidelines recruiting the next <laughs> Alabama class. Okay. I think we're going to be all, we're all going to be just fine here at scholarship wise, kiddos. And so, yeah. so anyway, I quickly realized before the game that I am in way over my head because I don't have any assistant coaches. <laughs> I, I oh, recruited no. Dana to Wait, be like team manager. Did? Other teams had like a defensive coordinator well, and offensive coordinator. The team I played on Saturday, I learned really quickly that you need a whole coaching staff. <laughs> he literally had six six adult men coaching. He had a coaching staff for eight year old flag football, and I got just me. And I'm running up and down the sidelines, looking at my piece of paper, just trying to fill the positions. <laughs> I had a running back run the wrong direction. Okay, uh, <laughs> like it was. Some of these kids have. I don't even know if they understand. I don't even know if they know what game they're playing. I think their parents kind of dropped them off and said, "What time to pick them up here?" And so, so I'm out there. Look, this lunatic. On the other team, okay? Uh-oh. I'm calling him out. Coach of the 49ers, you know who you are. Uh, we get up. He didn't even shake my hand at midfield before the game. Okay, oh, I'm like, good. hey, coach, how's it going? I'm like, oh, okay. So so this is this is for real. The first play, one of his guys makes a minor mistake. These are eight-year-old children playing a very complicated game. He loses it. And his whole coaching cast is screaming. It's like, I mean, it was like watching Belichick have a meltdown on the sidelines, okay? So... <laughs> I'm in there, my first play of the game, rip off a TD. I'm feeling great. Okay. Looky there, we're winning. Yeah. We're winning at halftime. And I can hear, and my pep talks like, all right, guys, uh, drink some Gatorade, make sure your shoes are tied. Uh, let's uh, make sure we're running. Uh, 
towards the end zone, not the other way. You know what I mean? I broke for halftime because I ran out of things to say. Like, I was like, I don't know. You guys just hang out, eat some crackers for a few, and we'll, I'll tell you when it's first and second <laughs> half started. <laughs> But, I, I, I think I got, that's what the Orlando Magic coaching staff say to them at halftime. I, oh, I got Bill Parcell over no. here. I got Bill Parcell over here. All of Virginia Beach can hear him shouting at these, you know, going like he's Vince Lombardi, you know, with these with these kids, <laughs> acting like they're going to go storm the beaches of Normandy, firing up. You know, my my kids are fighting over who gets the last blue Gatorade. Okay, so yeah. anyway, they were running. They literally started running trick plays in the second half to beat us, and uh, oh, they worked. They oh, were no. very impressive. I don't know how they came up with them um but uh, i didn't even know you could do things they were doing on the field so, so it's all about the game time adjustments and the and the halftime strategy session that's where you failed huh you came yeah. out you came out you burned a little too hot and fast oh yeah <clears throat> i i, I what? did yeah. What is your team name so we can cheer for you? We're the Chargers. We are the the okay. the, the San Diego Chargers. Go Chargers. Um, yeah, we The uh, San Diego Chargers? Well, it, it, I mean, it's like you, you get to wear like the the logos of the uniform stuff, but you know, I, I need to go buy a Chargers app because these guys are all decked out. Like you know, they, you they just to go got off find the practice you an assistant field. coach too. I know. Maybe, I, maybe preferably somebody who played football. My yeah, cousin, that would, that would my cousin, my cousin played quarterback. There. My cousin played quarterback at a, a big local high school around here, and, and I was like, Blake, bro, you got to come help me out. I have no idea. And he's like, I'm in, I'm in. Don't worry. Sunday he calls me up. He's like, Hey man, I got some stuff around the house. Not gonna be able to make it. I'm like, Come on, man. <laughs> now I got to download some plays off the internet. I got to, I got to fire up Madden to remember some plays. <laughs> Wait, did you do that for real? Did you download plays off the internet? Yeah, I have an app. <laughs> <laughs> I have That's it. That's awesome. Oh, it's actually a really cool app. Uh, and you can you can design it. You download a whole playbook. I love which it. Of course I did. Wow. Uh, so anyway, wow. it's been a disaster. And uh my son uh was pretty upset with me. He was mad that, that we we lost. Uh he I was putting him down for bed that night. He goes, Dad, can I tell you something? He's like, I I respect you as a coach, but uh, I'm just letting you know you, we don't have to go for it every fourth down, Dad. You can punt. <laughs> I'm like, son, I'm trying I, I try to keep us in the game here. He's like, I know, but I think you should punt more. Wait, which, when you Madden, doing that which, thing? How do you punt with an eight-year-old? Wait, in Madden, I never punt. I never punt. We go for it. It could be fourth and twenty-five on our own fifteen. We're going for it, baby. And you it's don't a video play. Game. You don't play not to lose. You play to win. That's what I Did tell you, my guys. You've heard about this guy. I watched it on College Game Day a couple years ago. He was a high school coach, and he famously never punted. He went yeah. all four downs, and he felt statistically that yeah. getting that extra down would give his team an advantage ultimately, and they won a ton of games in high school. Okay, well, on college game day this Saturday, this past Saturday, they they gave a little update. Guy became a star. He got a college job, and he's up wow. at like Colgate or something like that. Had his first college game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, They lost 72 to nothing. <laughs> so maybe for every fourth, your fourth down? quarter strategy isn't is it yeah your fourth down strategy isn't maybe the way to go jesse teaching these children how you say 72 to nothing yeah that's that's right going for it on fourth down is like you're either a hero or you're the worst coach that ever lived like my son we had an well, overtime game a couple weeks ago and it was there was the end of the last play yeah. they went for it fourth and one and we're like, you're an awesome coach. Had they missed it, we're like, worst decision ever. You know, it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if Jesse, you, if you you're, make it, you're, you're awesome. Coaching, high risk, high reward, for sure. Your coaching is so bad, your eight-year-old son is critiquing you at bedtime. Well, ouch. look, when, ouch. I'll say ouch. this, when the ref ouch, asks, ouch, 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 ouch. when the ref asks, he's, a, he's like, uh, you, you, you're going to punt here? I was like, no, we're going for it. He, when the ref asks, are you sure, man? You know you're making a bold move. He's like, bro, you sure, man? Here's the thing. It's one thing for you to do your bold move things when it only affects you. Mm-hmm. You are affecting the the mental I'm well-being of eight-year-olds. <laughs> you don't get ahead in life by, not, by not rolling the dice. Trauma. You gotta roll the dice every once in a while in life, kiddos. Mm-hmm. Listen, no one... No, you think you think Elon Musk played it safe? No, he gambled a little. Okay, 
You want a safe life? That's fine. You put a bunch of W's on the board. I'm not in for W's. I'm in for championships. Okay, kids? I mean, we're hucking it. Annexation of Puerto Rico. Little Giants style. Line it up. I don't think you get championships without W's, though. I think that they kind of... It's complicated, Derek. It's complicated. I feel like they kind of work together, hand in hand. I mean, I'm I could to build be wrong, a, though. I'm trying to build a culture. Okay, I'm a big culture guy. Build a and culture? You're building a culture that your son is saying, Dad, come on, can we not do it's, that? It's it's a it's a culture of courage. It's one of unpredictability. You know, we are. I like to think of my team as the cornered injured animal of the league. Okay, like, <laughs> get an injured animal it. and cornered. You, yeah, you, you, you think your odds are pretty good, but you also know. Might have rabies. Okay, so cornered injured injured. That's our the you league. know. <laughs> That's right. You know, you want to approach it. You know, a lot of teams mm-hmm. will come up with us poking with a stick at us. You better watch out. You don't know what we're going to do, literally, because I don't know. I'm winging it. Oh, my gosh. Well, so didn't go if great. you're in the Did Virginia Beach great. area. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I would see go to this game. I would I come watch, would well, watch you coach, you, Jesse. Okay, if you want to come see me in, your, in the area, my next game's 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon, uh, right near oh the amphitheater. So, uh, I wish we were in town. We'll see you out there. Oh, man. Well, we have a great show in store for you today, much better than Jesse's uh, football games. Ouch. Um, coming up later, uh, uh, Riley Clemens joins us. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, we also have relevant news. And at the end of the show, we brought it back. Your feedback, the editorial question of the week is back. You guys told us um, the cheesiest or worst Christian movies you ever saw. In, See, uh, this is not good. I already know this is not good. But all right. I, I think I'm, I feel like I'm living an inspirational Christian movie here. It's kind of, <laughs> you know. You're like just a, in the first re- act. You're Friday in the, Night the Lights, down part before you the... Know, yeah, blindside kind of deal. You know, yeah. it's 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 really going to rally the, the you know, I think a lot of people. Um, it's very inspirational what's happening out there. Well, and, you have um, to lay, set the expectations very low, set the bar very low first. That's what you're doing right now. And then... Then you can the only story go up. picks up you from can there, only go right? Up. Exactly. Because yeah. the the animal got injured somehow before he crawled into the corner. That's where I'm, <laughs> that's the the place I'm at right now. You know, so yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us for relevant news. Listening to Hanavu, the song is Keeper. Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from being happy or achieving your goals or keeping you from experiencing peace? With the heaviness of all that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find purpose and joy sometimes. And that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And you can message your counselor anytime. To top it all off, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Uh, right now, Relevant Podcast listeners get 10% off your first month when you visit betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com. All right, before we get to Relevant News, we just learned in the break off air that Jamie, you have been asked to give a motivational pep talk to the FCA at the University of Texas. Tell us about mm. that, please. You guys, this will go down as one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do in my entire life. And the leader there just texted me. She's like, hey, would you ever be interested in do this? I'm like, ever? I can come every week. So I'm so excited. My kids think I'm cool now. And so I am excited about doing this. That is awesome. Jesse, I, you, you, you might want to ask her to fly to Virginia to give the well, here's, speech to your here's kids. Here's the ask. I mean, uh, you know, could you fly to Virginia for the next seven weeks? Um, <laughs> you, need, you need to let her do halftime. 
I think I'm more of like a ceremonial position. Um, and, you know, it was like when Bobby Bowden, those kind of later years for, yeah. for Florida State, he was still the coach. He's kind of, you know, he just, just wore out the there fedora and just hung out. I need yeah. someone. I need someone who actually knows what they're doing, Jamie. And you seem like if a major university, a football powerhouse is bringing you in, I feel like you could probably coach and you could probably give the inspiration where <laughs> I just kind of go march down the sidelines instilling confidence in the fan base. What do you think? <laughs> I, I don't know if you're instilling confidence. confidence. <laughs> He's just handing out crackers and snacks. No. Yeah, I mean, hey, Jesus. hey, Derek, those Gatorades don't distribute themselves. Well, they actually do. Just, I mean, technically, you just got to leave them in a cooler on the sideline, and the kids just go. But you get the idea. Someone's yeah, got to put yeah. the cooler there. So, all right, it's time for relevant. Please welcome to the show, relevant senior editor Tyler Huckabee. Hey, man, there's a lot going on this week. There is a lot going on this week. We've had, we're covering a lot at relevantmagazine.com. I don't need to tell everybody on here that since it's your homepage that you go check out every day, but, but, but there is, but listeners may need, may need to be aware that, that we had, we had, we had a lot of options to talk about for relevant news this week. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is with a heavy heart <laughs> that the story that, that we're, that I'm, that I'm bringing is some of the, the inner politics, the inner workings of the Southern Baptist Convention, a, a group that needs no introduction around these parts. I asked, just so what y'all is know, happening now? listeners, I, just so you know, I told Tyler, I'm tired yeah. of insider Baptist news. Like that's not our beat. It's like, I, I'm not in, I'm not Baptist. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? And he made a very compelling case that it was an important thing that we need to bring up today. Uh, there's there's a few. There are a few. So the reason that there's two reasons that I'll just cover quickly that I wanted to talk about the story today. Uh, the first is that I feel like this particular story we're going to talk about is trying the some of the people who it involves are trying to write this off as uh, like upper machinations of interdenominational politics that's too complicated for the average person to understand. And that framing works to their advantage because I think they would rather not have the sort of attention that I want to put on it here today. Uh, and I think that the other that's related to the reason I want to talk about it, which is that I think it is being ignored by huge parts of the media and of the national public. Uh, and, and I think that it's a big deal. I think this story is an important one. And uh, and I'll try to make it. it. It's a very long, very complicated story. It really is. But I, I think I've boiled it down, hopefully, in a way that'll make sense here in just a, a few short minutes. As I think people here are aware, as we've talked about many times in 2019, the SBC found itself in the throes of a massive sexual abuse scandal scandal and hundreds of victims uh, came forward to the Houston Chronicle to tell stories not only of their abuse, but of the subsequent cover-ups by Southern Baptist leaders, a refusal to do any investigation and a, a protecting of the powerful people involved in those sexual abuse cases. Now, the there's been a lot of attempts since then to try to investigate the SBC to find out what exactly went wrong. Uh, and I think where things where we'll pick up this story is that uh, in June, the SBC messengers, these are the people voted on, Southern Baptist Convention members who are voted on to go to the annual convention to make the will of the denomination clear to the executive team to say, this is what we want to do, which traditionally has always been how the SBC works. If you are a congregant, there's a bottom-up leadership model. They tell the leadership what team what they want to happen, and then the leadership is in charge of carrying that out. So in it's June, like the Electoral College. Exactly. Yeah, sure. It's like the Electoral College, basically. So (laughs) in June, there were SBC messengers were nearly unanimous in voting for a motion calling for a third party investigation into the SBC executive committee, which would include a waiver of attorney client privilege. That means that they would they would release the obligation to have the things they told to lawyers in confidence from being excluded from this investigation in the interest of having a fully transparent investigation. So no holds barred. We're not afraid. Whatever needs to come to light will come to light in this investigation. That's what was voted on and passed nearly unanimously. Uh, This investigation would specifically look into the actions taken or not taken by the executive team handling abuse cases over the last 20 years. Now, typically... Uh, such a vote by messengers would be final. That's the authority. That's how the SBC has always worked. However, 
Yesterday, as we recorded Tuesday of this week, the executive committee members balked, citing fears that void that they would be voiding their insurance by doing so was their reasoning for doing this. What? Although, as others have noted, some of the people on the executive committee. Well, they, see, this is where they're getting into. They start spinning this story that things are getting really complicated around around here. If we voided our attorney client privilege, then there would be insurance issues and there'd be financial issues that the hoi polloi of the SBC are too stupid to understand but the the basement is just trust us we can't really do this even though you were voted on it sounds like an excuse it sounds like what a Uh parent says to a kid when the kid wants like a a, a new trampoline in the backyard well you know insure (laughs) homeowners insurance like i've seen that i've seen that lie too many times (laughs) listen where there's a will there's a way you know what i'm saying Uh like i in florida you can't have a diving board you know like because of homeowners insurance same thing i bought this old house and i could tell that before they sold it they removed the original diving board what they didn't know is they left the bolts in the concrete and i found one on amazon and i got my home insured and then i put a diving board on you know what i'm saying like there's a way that if Uh you want a diving board you can get a dime board. If you want to have an investigation, you can get it. Who cares about insurance? It, you can work I, around it. If I live my life worried about voiding insurance policies, <laughs> I would not have done almost three quarters of the things I've done in my life. So. Um, exactly. Sound like somebody trying to hide some. No, that's what I'm well, saying. It, really and did. that's the, and, and that, that is, uh, as you, as you might imagine, some of the people on the executive team would be the people who would come under this investigation. So in essence, the people who are the subject of the investigation are also in charge of pulling the trigger to make sure it happens. And they are refusing to do that. Tyler, now, I'm this, sorry for interrupting you, but you know no, that sounds like, it sounds like when like black people get shot and then the cops investigate the cops that shot the black people. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not like the same type of thing. It doesn't really work out that well. Like you kind of got to have an independent group come in yeah. to kind of, because maybe the people that are, could be investigated just may not want to be investigated so well yeah I, it's just me tyler, i'm just that's how i, that's that's how exactly, I look well, that's at exactly you what it is exactly right derek yeah. yeah tyler i have a question the people yeah. that are in the executive committee now are uh-huh. they the ones that are that are being investigated or is the old executive committee a little bit of both mm, uh there okay. it's not the exact same team that it's been and that's where you can get onto we spelled this out all a little more detail over on relevantmagazine.com if you want to really get into the some of the names and the people involved here some familiar names around these parts people like ronnie floyd Paige patterson those people who if you follow the sbc closely you're probably familiar with a lot of these people and and they are all tied up in this and in, in you would need a full Full, uh, like podcast, you know, like multi-season podcast situation to really explore what's been going on over the last twenty years because it is complicated and there is a lot to it. But the the, the if we're going to get into the black and white sort of brass taxes of the matter here, the messengers did vote and they did tell the executive committee what they wanted done and that was agreed upon and now they're refusing to do it and it's it's a pretty straightforward case of uh, of defying and even Ed Litton, the new president of the SBC, is expressing his disappointment with how this vote went so it's not but it's not really clear what power anybody has to force them to follow their own rules kind of like a lot of what we saw over the the previous administration with their own like well if they decide not to do it then there's no real mechanism for you know you can't arrest them for not following southern baptist convention guidelines these are all internally created right so all we can really do now is is kind of watch helplessly and uh, there is going to be another full sbc meeting in anaheim where this issue will obviously be revisited, but it's not clear that anything's going to change there either. Who's the new president? His name is Ed Litton. Is it Donald Trump? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it almost feels like, Tyler, like this is kind of a slap in the face to the messengers and they're saying, hey, we want you to trust us. We want to lead mm. this well, but actually we're not going to do anything you want us to do. And so mm. it would be... Well, and not not to mention the victims, you know, like, right. I mean, that, I mean like, that's the major yeah. thing as well. well. It, it, it's like, you know, the, the ideally the safest place, the people that people should go for counsel, for refuge, for sanctuary, for healing. That should be the church. That should be the place. It shouldn't be the place where victims of sex crimes 
have to figure out how to navigate a convoluted bureaucracy that is mm-hmm. built to protect the people at the top. Like yeah, everyone you know, t- talks about the culture wars and, you know, the, the church is sort of receding place in American public life. You know, you wonder why when they when there's massive institutions that, you know, are when faced with corruption, go bend over backwards to not address it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how can people have faith in an institution like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to note that there are a lot of fairly prominent members of the SBC and, of course, the the growing number of former members of the SBC who are expressing a lot of, uh, who are being very vocal in their criticism of it. Uh, Beth Moore tweeted, uh, you may have your privilege, but you have no honor. You have abused these victims again today. Uh, Pastor Ouch. Dwight McKissick said, never thought I'd see the day when the executive committee would hire lawyers and spend sums of money in order to work in direct opposition to an overwhelming majority vote of the SBC. Absolutely astonishing and breathtaking to fathom and watch. We may be watching the dismantling of the SBC. Uh, lots of other high-profile members who have spoken out about this that I've compiled over at relevantmagazine.com too, and you can go take a look at those. And of course, we'll be updating that story as more information comes in. But this is the largest Protestant denomination in the United States and making a, a, a very, very significant change, not just to how they've traditionally operated, but acting in defiance to, like you said, Jesse, uh, to the survivors of sexual abuse. It, it's a pretty bad look, and it's very unfortunate to see. Well, there's Sad. a lot more news that we're covering that has nothing to do with Shady Baptists over <laughs> at relevantmagazine.com. You should go check it out for all the non-Shady Baptist news that we cover, which is 99% of what we and cover. And here's an idea. If anyone's listening and they're wondering, what do we do here? How about we just like act justly and rightly and be kind and loving? And then if someone wants to investigate you, they have nothing to find. So yeah. there's, there's yeah. a little wow. tip of the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just a little comment from Jamie Ivey, y'all. Jamie's yeah. corner. How about, how about, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Hire leaders or put yourself in a position where you're going to need to worry about uh, employing teams of lawyers and coming up with excuses about avoiding insurance policies to not address, you know, victims of serious crimes. Like, you also, know, if you want to DIY and Jimmy rig a, a diving board at your house, hit me up. I can teach you how to do it. Amazon has it available. Hey, it's a pretty cool diving board, though, bro. Yeah. I don't lie. I, I was jumping off that joint. I was scared, though. I, was really, <laughs> I, I, I Jimmy rigged it with, there's like washers and stuff underneath it to make it a little more even. <laughs> like, I like it. didn't snap. Listen, it worked, I, it worked, it worked well, out for me. I understand Geico said that I avoid my car insurance by putting that very loud muffler on and jacking up the back tires by three inches. Did it stop me? Well, no. go look at my car and it looks fresh. So. <laughs> <It looks bad. laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Um, stay tuned. Up next, Riley Clemens joins us. Listening to Magic City Hippies. The song is Ghost on the Mend. Well, today's show is also brought to you by Baylor University. At Baylor University's Truett Seminary, kingdom-minded men and women are equipped to follow their callings. Truett is accessible with campuses in Waco, Houston, and San Antonio, along with online classes as well. Truett also provides generous scholarships awarding over $5 million to students each year. Baylor's Truett Seminary is for the church in Texas, and beyond. Learn more at baylor.edu slash Truett. That's T-R-U-E-T-T. Well, Nashville-based artist Riley Clemens joins us today. Since she dropped her debut album back in 2018, she's quickly risen to the top of the Christian charts, gaining over 210 million streams. She was nominated for Best New Artist of the Year at the 2019 Dove Awards and has released hit songs like Broken Prayers and Over and Over. We sat down with her to talk about her sophomore album, Godsend, and how she finds the discipline to stay creative and authentic with her music. Here's our conversation with Riley Clemens. Come on and keep on hoping when the days get dark. Keep on singing, don't you ever lose heart. Lift your eyes, the one who gave you life will give 
I am a born and raised Nashvilleian, a proper rarity, but I've always lived here. My family's from here. And so I grew up around music. Music culture was very normal. You know, it's not the kind of thing where it, it's funny because when you go to your parents born and raised in Nashville and you say, ah, mom, dad, I want to write music and sing music for my career, for my path of life. Nobody looks at you crazy because, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where tour buses were in and out and it was very normal. So I was always singing. I was always writing from a very early age. Joy over sorrow because God's still good and he's still got it all in control. song you ever wrote yeah i do <laughs> and it's not like it's nothing to write home about it was awful but sure, sure. i think my first proper song i wrote uh was in an old journal i was probably all of seven or eight mm-hmm. in the back of a car on a road trip you know you get bored so you write songs in the back seat right don't doesn't do all kids do that (laughs) sure it becomes a natural sort of thing so Mm -hmm. yeah i was always writing always making poems or it felt like a very much like it was what i felt called and led to do so i just followed that as you've started doing more of that writing or as you started doing more of it and and getting more songs out there how would you say that you've changed as you've gotten more experience in it how has the way you used to think about songwriting evolved with time and experience to where you are now i think the heart of it is you know even when i was first starting off writing i told myself the the goal was to be authentic and okay. i think it's one thing to say that and you know as a young writer authenticity means a completely different thing. But I think now at 21, uh, when I sit down and write songs, my life, my experiences have informed how authentic, how real, how raw um, my writing can be, is able to be. And I think it's the same thing with like a relationship with God or Mm -hmm. your faith. Um, The older you get, the more informed your life experiences are the more you have to say and the more precisely and the more specifically you can talk about it. So I think it, it goes hand in hand with that. You're stuck inside my head And I just can't get you off your Have a, a favorite song of yours that you've written? Two come to mind. Um, one is called God Sent, which is the title track mm-hmm. of my new record. That song is just, it just feels like the whole writing experience. I was floating. It is the craziest. Mm. It was a very special session, a special song. And then the other one is a song called I'll Stay that I wrote for my mom, which is another very special one. So those are probably my two favorites, if I'm honest. Tell me about the Godsend writing experience. What about it was was so special or, or worked so smoothly for you? It was just I have never written a song like like in in that way before. So hmm. it was at the beginning of 2020, at the beginning of the uh, the pandemic. Uh, it was in March, I believe, and everything shut down. I was pulled off of the road. Life was changing for everybody. You're seeing tons of crazy news and. Um, The world started feeling really heavy. I think everybody was feeling that. And so um, I did what I always do in times when I don't know what else to do. And I I wanted to write and I wanted to be creating new music while it was happening. And so the only way to do that at the time was through Zoom sessions. And so I sat on the floor of my childhood bedroom with a little dinky, tiny keyboard and I uh, FaceTimed two of my friends and we wrote Godsend in, in a couple hours. And then that was that. And mm. I recorded the demo for it using my phone, using Voice Memos app. We turned it in and I knew in that moment um, that it was going to be that it was going to be on the record. It was going to be the title track of the record. I'd also another side note. I had kept the word Godsend in m- 
the notes section of my phone for a couple years at that point. So I saved it. Really? And it felt like the right moment. And so it became Mm -hmm. the pivotal peak of this record for me. There's this myth, right, about the music industry. Well, I don't know if it's a myth, it's a story you hear that it can be very negative, that it can be very difficult, uh, very hard on the ego, hard to stay humble in the industry. Uh, it can be hard if you're for a person of faith, if you're a Christian, to maintain your integrity in the music industry. There's stories that you hear about, they make movies about these a lot. What's your experience with that, Ben? Is it hard to be a Christian, to be a good person, to stay humble in this industry? I think everything that you just named is very valid. None of that is a myth. Um, You do have pockets of the industry, specific people that can make you either feel like you're on the top of the world or make you feel like you're a shred of a person. You know, you get the Mm. extremities for sure, which is, is, is tough. But I think it is in a lot of ways, very character building. And that's why you look at the industry and you see it break some people, but you also see some people really to rise to the occasion because it does force you to ask yourself the question of what matters to me? What are my priorities Mm -hmm. in an industry that doesn't always value them? And I think when it comes to being an artist, It all goes back to what do you have when you fall asleep? While my faith inspires my music, my faith would still exist if my music didn't. I think at the the end of the day, my faith is is the lens that I view my entire world and life through. And I think so long as that is the foundation, you know, I'll be able to stay rooted. That's the goal. That was Riley Clemens. Make sure to check out her sophomore album, Godsend, and to hear more of that conversation, head over to relevantmagazine.com. Stay tuned up next. It's the editorial question of the week. listening to Casey Hill. The song is easy going. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for the triumphant return of... Editorial question of the week. Literally a jingle that we made back in 2005. Still hanging true. Timeless. Timeless. (laughs) It's like the the MGM Lion before a Bond movie. It's not the same without it. You know who that that voice is, uh, Derek? Flynn uh-huh. from L.A. Symphony. That's oh. Flynn. That's Flynn <laughs> I Adams. Have Flynn. Yep. He was our producer here on the podcast for several years. All right. Here we go. So we asked you guys last week to tell us the worst or cheesiest Christian movie you've ever seen. And then, you know, tell us about it. We asked you guys on Twitter. You hit us up uh, at Relevant Podcast on Twitter. You also, some of you replied to our Instagram story. Some of you guys I'll reply to our Twitter poll. Uh, here are some of our favorites. See, I ought to be careful because I know some people that's in these joints. So, and I haven't seen... <laughs> are you on the soundtrack for any of them? <laughs> I haven't. No, I, no, I'm not. No, no, Wait, Derek, did you say you know people who are in these films? I, I know. I, I think so. 
I've never seen any of these movies. Okay. I've never never even heard of most of them. C. Bretson says, by far the movie, the cheesiest movie he's seen is Christian Mingle. He said it's even cringier than you'd think within the first 10 minutes. A lot of people said that. I can't even imagine what this movie is. Christian Mingle. Who's the target audience for Christian Mingle? Is it like a rom-com? Like I, I don't know. And who funded who funded this? Did Christian Mingle just do a big pivot when they realized like Christian Tinder just wasn't a thing anymore? And they were like, well, I guess we can make a movie. Like, did they just take all the resources and like, let's just make a Christian Mingle movie? I have serious questions about that. Jeremy Baker, I need a, I need an explanation. Where do you even find this movie at? It's called Assassin 33 AD. Black Easter are two cuts of the same movie that involve time travel and killing Jesus. So Christianity won't exist, but also ends with someone cloning the body of Christ in the future that still has God powers. So he creates a zombie army and becomes the Antichrist. This is Wait. not a Christian movie. Wait, is this a real movie or is this just an awesome idea for one? <laughs> Uh, I'm in, Derek. I am in. I would watch it. Okay, so Emily Elizabeth says this. This is a movie called Pamela's Prayer. Y'all, hold on to this. Ready? Pamela's father doesn't like that she wants to start dating guys from high school, so he sets her up with his assistant from his Christian film library. And then Pamela and her dad have one last bedtime prayer together on her wedding night. Help me, God. Oh, man. Help me, God. All right. Please. (laughs) Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised this isn't on here more, but Thief in the Night. Okay, the th- original Thief in the Night from the 1970s is like yeah. an, is is like a Revelation movie. Okay, speaking of Baptists, I I was put into a Baptist high school in seventh grade. I left public school and went to a Baptist high school. Me too. And my first year. Wait, is this you or a, a, an answer? No, no, this is me. Just, and, just and, and so, so when I'm at, so that my first year, this is kind of a new world for me, seventh grade, you know, and we watch the 1970s version of Thief in the Night, which, uh, spoiler alert, ends on the most ambiguous, it's that it, most ambiguous ending of all time, where the, the, the person who's left behind is, has refused to take the mark of the beast, the, enti- the entirety of the tribulation, until the last scene, she's under the Antichrist guillotine. And yeah. as the blade's coming down, she goes, I want the mark! And then they chops her head off, and you're just left oh to wonder, gosh. like, I wonder if she made it to heaven. It was so weird that they put that in there. I was so disturbed by this film as a seventh grader that I remember I I just told my buddy down the street who had no context for this whole world or, or, or the book of Revelation and just telling him about it freaked him out. You know that if you just tell a friend about a movie and they get freaked out, it is a freaky movie. That is my history yeah, with Thief in the Night. I do not appreciate that film. John B. says the movie Petra Beyond Belief. It was about a kid who's bitter because his father left the family, but then the kid goes to Christian summer camp and hears Petra and feels better. <laughs> I okay. Petra. Okay. All right. I mean, it's Petra. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, I mean, who, who, who hasn't witnessed that story in real life? Um, Okay, uh, we have uh, we have one listener that said I actually remember this film. It was called Extreme Days. Okay, and it oh, was like yeah, that was the uh, Baldwin guy, right? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, uh, the Christian Baldwin. It guy? was Haley Bieber's dad. Yeah, Stephen. I think oh. so. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, but uh-huh. but I don't. I remember nothing about the plot. I remember the film was essentially a montage, and it wasn't like it was a scripted film. Like it had a story, but okay. for but it was like a gang of like extreme athletes who would go from like the X Games moto jump to you know the, you know evangelizing and turning their lives around to the next big X Games event. It was you know I could tell. Here's the thing. I could tell even at the time what they were going for. It was just terribly mis-executed. But mm. I at least knew mm. what they were shooting for, unlike most of these films. You saw the you saw the goal. You saw the vision. Exactly. <laughs> I, really? I, right. I had to fill in some gaps, but I, you know, a, you right. know, a for effort there. Right. Alan Remington right. said, "Pirates of the Caribbean." How is that a Christian movie? <laughs> oh, there's ghosts. I guess there's ghosts. Hey, That's know. spirit realm. I mean, maybe I'm still tripping off the 33 AD assassin with the zombie apocalypse antichrist. I'm Dude. like, bro. But you know what? I just saw uh, my man just posted a meme. And he says the perfect movie doesn't, ex- and he cuts it off, and it's it's a movie called. Velasa Pastor. 
I, dude, I watched Wait, that Wait, this movie. is a real movie that's coming out? Dude, I watched it's it. It's out. It, you no, you did it? watch it. I, I swear so to you. So it's yeah, this I was, pastor that could turn into a velociraptor and avenge no, uh, and kill people. Jesse, you did not watch that. <laughs> you dude, did not I watch swear it. to you, one night I was home alone <laughs> Wait, and it was on Amazon Prime. Huh? It came out in 2018. What is your I, Amazon Prime algorithm that that was even promoted to you? Because I think, you, I think we posted the trailer on the site, okay? Like, oh. And I was so fascinated <laughs> by it because the production value is actually pretty good for a movie no about a way. pastor that turns into a velociraptor. He turns into a velociraptor, and I kid you not, it's literally one of those Halloween costumes where the arms are real short. It's like... <laughs> but but they, they, it was like somewhat self-aware, but it took itself very seriously. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Here's the storyline. After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At, for, at first, horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. I watched it. It's that hooker in the storyline. Is that, is that a term anymore? Hooker? I, I didn't like say a, it. I am yeah, DBs or whatever. Listen, it's it's I will say this. It's not this movie's not safe for the little ears. Okay. This is uh <laughs> you know, this is a late night watch. But I did I, I I'm not joking, I did watch it on Amazon Prime one time. Just just to kind of <laughs> you know, and about ten minutes in I, I could tell what this film was. I was like, Well, I'm already invested, so we're gonna finish it out. <laughs> Hey, bro. There's a there's oh a lot. Gosh. I there are so many responses that I there's way more Christian movies than I even realize exist. I've never even heard of Thanks. any of these. I, I haven't heard of any of this stuff, bro. I'm gonna keep it real. Flywheel, never heard of that. Once I was a beehive, a Mormon movie, never heard of that. <laughs> a week away. A week away is the Christian summer camp musical one, which I actually heard <laughs> again. Hey, listen. My daughter loves it. She's 13. And like one time a random like old Stephen Curtis Chapman song came on and she started singing it. And I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, they sing it in that movie a week away. And so she loves it. I actually heard it wasn't bad. Like I heard if you were going in for like basically like a Christian high school musical, then you would not be disappointed. Like it uh, because I heard like the the music montages are actually pretty fun. Like in that movie a week. Okay. Molly Avery says that she saw a movie. She can't remember the title, but here's the premise. A rock band made of actual rocks that spreads the gospel. I love it. Is that a movie? I guarantee you it's called Rocks Cry Out. I guarantee you without seeing the movie, it's called The Rocks Cry Out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yep. And there was probably like a teenager that wouldn't share the gospel with her friend. And so then it like zooms in on the rocks and the rocks start... (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It makes it. I love it. It's the best thing ever. Already. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. If you want to go read them, go check out uh, the Realm Podcast Twitter account. Okay, so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. So, so if you heard heard one of the recent podcasts, I don't remember which which day it was. It was either Tuesdays or last Fridays. We got talking about MLM stuff and the whole Lulu Row uh, documentary is on Prime right now. Oh, um, yeah, and so we yeah. want to know for this week's question of the week, your your most awkward MLM experience, your most awkward MLM story. Maybe you were the recipient of an awkward pitch. Maybe you were involved. You know, it seems like everybody has some sort of MLM story. So that's the question of the week. Hit us up on Twitter at Relum Podcast. You can also reply to our IGS poll and we'll post other places too. So, and we will read our favorites or most cringiest ones on next Friday's episode. I, I'm I'm very excited. I feel like this is a very, very deep well. I feel like there could be a podcast that's literally just cringy MLM stories. Like, I'm sure there is. Like, yeah. just people yeah. just, oh, there yeah. probably is. Well, yeah. well, they, I did start watching the Lulu Road documentary since we talked about it. And is it good? Is it good? It's like the whole time you're going, oh, wow. Oh, are you serious? Oh, did my they gosh, ever change the, 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 the cloth? Uh, the it's, pants, or they don't. I look don't like know. It's a four-part docu series, and I'm only two parts in. So you're okay. on the upswing part of it. Okay. The, yeah, yeah, and then on the third one, it starts to go down, and then the yeah. fourth one, it's like because the owners, the founders, are like interviewed in the documentary. They're, I'm like, I told Aaron, I'm like, did they trick them into this? Because yes. I know where this is going. By the, by the fourth episode, uh, they're like, they don't want to talk to us anymore. <laughs> Like they, and they were like dang. all in on the first episode. It's yeah. like they thought they, they were, were like, we're going to set the company. record straight. Thanks for giving us airtime. And then by the end, uh, it's like, uh, 
They like are they older people? Uh, I mean, yeah, they have probably oh. like kids in their thirties. I bet it, it's shocking how some of those executives are, don't realize, like you know, how terrible they're they're going to look no matter what. Like, there's another one called Betting on Zero, which is on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is about um, the the you know kind of MLMs. It's a few years old, but at one point they're interviewing the people from the company. It's like that has like these like wraps that they're selling that you wrap yourself in like saran wrap and it's supposed to pull like toxins out of you. And they're like, well, how does it work? And they're like the biotanicals. And like, what are biotanicals? They're like the biotanicals pull the toxins out. Well, how do they get in the wrap? We put them in there. What are they? Biotanicals. And it's like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> like you're selling saran wrap here. Hey, My cousin it. made a crap load of money with that particular company. Mm-hmm. And um and we used to take their like little supplements and things. So I know what you're talking about. Hey, no, I got a cousin. I got a cousin that made some money off of it. She it made it a works. Lot so it, of it money. works, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it works. She got in real early. It's a great name for it's a great name for a scam company. It works because <laughs> I mean the, the the first question you ask is how could Wait, this possibly it work? Works? I thought y'all were just saying that it works. No, no, it's, it's called it not. works. That's the brilliance of it. It's like, well, I mean, it's got to work. They named the company after it literally working. You know, although although in hindsight, it seems like if if I bought a car called it drives, it's like well. I mean, shouldn't that be so. self-evident here? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you need to tell me that? Do you need to name the company? That? All right. Well, hit us up with your awkward MLM stories and we'll read them on next week's show. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Riley Clemens for joining us today. Make sure to head over to relevantmagazine.com to check out more of our conversation with her. Also, while you're at the site, you might as well peruse the new digital issue, the fall issue of relevant magazine we have incredible and thoughtful conversations with the likes of jennifer hudson um philip yancey need to breathe uh, andy minio jessica chastain there's so many others uh Erin mcmanus i mean the list goes on and on go check it out just click on the magazine tab right there at the site it's available for free and ad free thanks to uhsm also make sure to follow relevant on all the socials we're on facebook twitter and instagram we're posting every day um, well, we don't post on Instagram every day, but on Facebook and Twitter, we're posting everything we publish. Uh, make sure to follow along, keep up with everything. Uh, you can also interact with us, uh, submit staff or cast questions or answer the question of the week there. And there's a lot more stuff coming up. Uh, don't want to miss it. Follow us on all the socials. Um, also, if you're not really a social media person, but you want to stay in the loop right there on the relevant homepage, you can sign up for our daily newsletter. It brings you just the top five trending stories at relevant every morning. You can sign up, make sure you don't miss a thing. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. And we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. And go uh, watch some of those Christian movies. Apparently, they're all on Amazon Prime. Velociraptor. Pastor. Darn it. Velociraptor. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Hey, Derek, those Gatorades don't distribute themselves. Relevant Podcast Network.